Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I like to say that hair is a woman's best accessory. And thanks to my friends at Way, they make it possible to have good hair days every day. Let me tell you, Way's hair oil has become a game changer in my hair care routine. So if you're ready to have good hair days every single day, you got to check out Way. Head over to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com to check out their products. And here's a little treat for you guys use the promo code Heal Squad for 15% off your purchase. Yep, the Way, T H E O U A I dot com, promo code Heal Squad for 15% off. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. When you know better, you get better. And that's what we're trying to do here every single day. I think we're succeeding. Don't you think, people? I'd say so. I'm getting better every day. Are you? 100%. I think... There's never been a more important time for us to be getting better. So uh, I'm very grateful for this show and talk about an amazing slate of guests we've had the last couple of weeks. I know. Well, thank you guys uh, for joining us here every day. Of course, uh, we are um, doing everything we can to address the current times in our country and the need for us to speak up and help find um, understanding and learn and grow 
Our quote of the day, strength grows in the moments when you think you can't go on, but you keep going anyway. And that is from our guest, Ed Milet, who I'm very excited to have on the show today. He's an entrepreneur, an author, an international speaker, uh, a very successful dude. <laughs> and uh, he's going to teach us uh, a lot today that is going to help us on our journeys. In the meantime, um, we are also joined by Hopefully none of the other AfterBuzzers are listening, but quite possibly my favorite AfterBuzzer of all time, uh, Mr. James Law Jr. is here. Hi, James. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, Maria. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hello, my dear. Hi, I'm good. Uh, Of course. You will always be known as an AfterBuzz TV host, but you're also highly sought after as the super organizer. Um, (laughs) And of course, um, every day this week, I've been featuring one of our incredible AfterBuzz hosts to kind of help us, um, you know, talk through the times and and get to hear your voices and hear uh, your perspectives on things and what we can be doing to be better. Um, and so I thank you, first of all, for taking the time to be here. Um, it's for you, Maria. It's for you. Of course. You know, of course I will. Of course. <laughs> I even thought, and I even thought even, I mean, I knew I was, I mean, if you asked me to come, I will show up. Uh, I love you. You're the best. Well, um, I think you're also going to have some, uh, excitement around listening to Ed because he's obviously, uh, a life coach that people, um, you know, are very excited to be listening to. He's an entrepreneur. And as you're building out your super organizer brand, I think uh, you'll, you'll glean some really good advice from him too. Yeah, he, I've been following some of his stuff. And so, yeah, cause I'm also a certified life coach myself. So I like listening to other life coaches and seeing what they, what they have to offer. Shit, we're, we're man. I didn't think, know you were a life coach now. You don't call I, someone and years, tell them. Six years. Six You've years. been a life coach for six years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hello. I do everything, Maria. I do everything. Damn. I do everything. All right. I've been a, I, I want to give a shout out to Coach Training Alliance, my teacher, Lori Cameron, one of the best teachers. I'm certified in four areas. So, What are the four areas? Uh, well, general life coaching, uh, professional organizing life coaching, uh, media organization, and home organization. No way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how many hours of training go into each division? So for the main one, it was a year. It was a year-long process. Um, it was two-hour classes plus uh, you set up with a buddy. You had a buddy system. So Is it, it daily, weekly, two-hour classes? Weekly, weekly. Okay. And so once a once a week, uh, we meet up on a teleconference, and he gives this giant book and all this stuff, and we had homework to do, and I loved it. It was such so transformative. It took me a year. I took a test, and I passed it, and I got my certification. And the other ones were a little quicker. One was three months, one was one weekend, and they have different kinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, general life coaching, it was a year-long program. I wow. loved it. I, it was worth the money. It was worth everything. Who were some of your favorite life coaches? Like, were you familiar with Ed Milet before this? I heard of him and a few others. I was. I didn't know what a life coach was at first. I didn't know exactly. I heard that term, and I'm like, do they, like, talk to, like, astrology like do they like tell people how to you know walk i had no idea like what they did mm-hmm. until i went into the system and i saw oh it's much more than that so i didn't i didn't have any favorites at the time because i didn't i didn't know what it, i really know what it was but i was told what i was doing as an organizer literally i'm coaching people also i'm not just 
you know, putting their socks away. I'm yeah. actually talking how to put those socks away and what that means. So what is your greatest home organization tip? Ooh, that's a great question. Okay, here's what I always say to everybody. And here's a shameless plug number one. My book is out, Sort Out Sundays. I, my motto is small steps lead to large rewards. I like that. So my greatest tip is start small. Go behind a door, take one drawer, mm-hmm. one corner of a desk, start there. Do not kill yourself. Yeah. If you did organizing, let's say an hour a day, you'll be amazed after a week where you're at. I like that. You know, during the coronavirus uh, quarantine, which we're still under, but uh, yeah, I would do just that. I would take on a closet. I would take on the kitchen drawers. I would take on the kitchen cabinets at different weekend junctures. I would just go full on. And it didn't feel like it was as daunting as if like you took on everything all at once. So you just, you know, you baby step it and you feel good about that. And then it inspires you to go do the next thing. And so. My thing is we're all at home right now. So now we're actually seeing mm-hmm. what doesn't work. A lot of times you're like, you go to bed at midnight, you wake up at six, you go to work till six, you get home. You're not home in your stuff. I'm getting so many calls from my clients going, I can't find the scissors. I don't know where the scissors are. Or this kitchen doesn't work for me the way it's set up. I never really cook it. I always go out to eat every night. But now I'm cooking at home. I can't find the whisk. Mm-hmm. And I don't and the, the cabinet's this way, and that doesn't make any sense of food. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. It's way over there. and The spices are way over there. Like They're seeing now why systems work. Yeah. Why I always advocate for like putting systems in place in your home. Wait, so I'm obsessed with um, Pinterest, of course, but TikTok now has a lot of really quick tips. And so are you doing those on TikTok? I have a series called How to Get Super Organized in Under a Minute. Okay, I'm so in. I'm going to (laughs) follow. And um, I don't even know if I follow. I've only followed a couple of people on there because I'm not on there very much. But, um, But I saw something and it was how to make your smoothies easier every day. So I have a thousand bags that I have to pull out and put them on the counter and the whole thing. Yeah. But you know, if you put them in a cabinet drawer, you know, your kitchen cabinet drawer with the little containers and you pour the powders in, then you're just scooping out of that. And I was like, it was literally like, oh, the clouds parted, the birds started chirping. I'm like, I'm going to go to the container store at some point 
and I'm going to buy all of the, you know, units and I'm going to make this happen. And my spirulina will be in there, my protein powder. I'm just going to pull the drawer open, scoop it out. And my life's going to be so much easier. Mm-hmm. It's just things like that. And TikTok has been amazing because I chose myself. Now, I'm not going to do the dance videos. I'm doing the crazy stuff. I said, I'm going to bend TikTok to James Lott Jr.'s will. Yes. And so I have like several series, but that, uh, how to get super organized under a minute is so, it's been so successful for me that it's actually spilling into my other lives, which is great. And I've, I'm showing my industry, organizing industry. I'm like, take advantage of whatever platform is out there. People yeah. want knowledge. Yeah. And if it's under a minute, they, they'll learn, you can learn something. Yeah. Well, okay. So we, we, we shifted into organizing because of course I am, my first book was all about that. Um, But uh, I want to know where you're at today, June 10th, with the Black Black Lives Matter movement. Um, Have you been out on the streets? What is your kind of take on everything at this point and where we're going with everything? Uh, Good question. So today I'm doing okay. Every day it's something different. Mm -hmm. I had a meltdown maybe like a week ago. Uh, I was triggered by my own experiences with police. I didn't realize why I was upset. I'm 51 years old. I'm a little older than a lot of people here. I forget <laughs> I've been black that a all long the time. time. Did you just say time. I've been black a long time? A long time. I've been black 51 <laughs> years. <laughs> so, like, so I'm like, a lot of this stuff isn't news to me. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, seeing those couple of videos, George Floyd and, and, and the guy <laughs> in Central Park, which I've been to Central Park a million times myself, it triggered me. And and I really got depressed and I was crying for like two days. Yeah. So I had to shut down, not watch TV, not talk on the phone to pull myself together. Um, and so every day since then, it's been just it's been up and down here and there. But I'm just for me, I'm so encouraged by the younger generation. I protested back 20, 30 years ago for several different like things. Um, I have a compromised immune system from the Bell's palsy. So I'm not out there. I'm at home. I've not left my house in 87 days. So I haven't left, um, but I'm supporting our young Activist hosts that are going out there, Black Hollywood Live hosts that are going out there, my young cousins are going out there. My granddaughter went and protested in Sacramento. I was very proud of her. Um, so I'm supporting them. I feel like the village mentality applies where we each have our part. Um, and so my part is the elder statesman who supports and supports and supports. And the other thing I've been doing is I've been in demand. I've been on very several, several different Facebook lives for several different associations uh, in the organizing world, life coaching world, everything, talking about race in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's been my contribution. Um, this week, I decided to uh, showcase black talent that I know, showcase their work, showcase what they're doing, which I do anyway all the time. But I thought now's the time to do that, especially Here's my friend who has a great song out. Here's my friend who has a great book out. Here's a great professional organizer who is black and does a great job. So I've been kind of on that front lines doing that yeah. um, kind of from my home. But I feel like it's just as important. And, and again, I support the folks that are out there doing it. I just can't. Um, but I did 20, 30 years ago. I, did, I was out there protesting. And, you know, I, I had jobs I couldn't get um, advanced to because I was black. And that was just in the 90s. Um, you know, I, I was born during civil rights movement, late 60s. And I remember I was a kid in busting and desegregation in the 70s. Wow. Um, and that didn't work. And then in the 80s, I, there were certain jobs I couldn't even get because I was black. Yeah. I couldn't even get through the door. So I've seen this whole thing go. So I have a, I have a different perspective than a lot of people because I'm a little older. I kind of, I'm just like tired. I'm so tired. I'm like, 
am I still talking about this 40, 30, 20 years later? So so having a different perspective, do you feel hopeful or do you think that everyone's going to just be rallying for a moment and it's all going to go back to the way it used to be? What do you think is going to happen? That's a great question, actually. Um, Some days I feel hopeful and some days I go, well, it all died down at some point and we'll be back to where it was. And so I go back and forth. It's a very, that's my only honest question I can give. I go back and forth. There's some days I'm seeing some change happen and I go, good. Okay, finally. Yeah, uh, but I'm kind of waiting to see how it plays out because I mean it could totally be now we're in a whole different state. I'm just not sure. I've seen this before where I, mean, I was here for Rodney King. I was here for all these other things that you know my house literally was here when the riots happened where I live right now. We were we, our stores burned down across the street. And our house almost burned down. So I was here for all that rage and yeah. anger and a lot of things didn't happen. Um, so I, I'm some days I'm hopeful. Some days I'm like, oh, well, we'll see what happens. But I do think that this generation is really banding together. And I think this is, this is the moment I know I'm very like, I'm, I'm very optimistic and you know, it's hard for someone like you. That's why I asked you the question because you've gone through it in so many different incarnations that um, I'm curious, but I, I really hope that, um, you know, when you see the signs where it's like you, you fucked with the wrong generation, I'm like, Please, we've had so many gripes with your generation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please do something to make yes. us proud. I know yes. that's horrible. I know. It's fair though. <laughs> As a member of that generation, it's fair. I get it. I mean, it. I used to be so bad about like pooping on your generation, and then I realized I was like, okay, well, listen, there are good. There's good with the bad, and I was just starting to, you know, when you you start to repeat other people's beliefs. Because that just becomes the collective, you know, conversation like, oh, the millennials, oh, the friggin' millennials. And then you're like, wait, actually, oh, but they're really good at this. And this is really cool that they're bringing in work-life balance. And, you know, like there's stuff that, um, you know, that you just don't even realize you're going down that path. And so. Yeah, I'm with you, Maria. I, I Trust me. I've, I mean, I have, I have grown daughters here in that generation. I've yelled at them. So my <laughs> thing is, no, my thing is. Um, I'm glad the young are taking the baton. My only thing is I ask of young people, do not shit on us older folks. I'm seeing a rise of that happening. Really? But, oh, yeah. They're kind of this like, well, you didn't do enough. And this is, how, this is why we're here. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, the fact that I showed up to work and I was the only black person in the company, that was enough at the time. Wow. The, time that I would, the time that I got fired for a job because I couldn't get the management position after five years. And I stood up for myself. Uh, and said that's not right. That's what that was what I did. Now the next person who went in got the job in their management. So it's kind of yeah. like I had to prove just me showing up in the room a lot of times. I had to show people, oh, he's a good black person. Okay, he's okay. I mean, it's literally like that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm telling people we did a lot that we could do at that time. It was a different time period. But I'm seeing a rise of you know all oh, the Gen X people on the band. Oh, they didn't do enough and this way. But it's like no, that's what each generation thinks anyway. But it's yeah. kind of like well now you take it. Because you got opportunities that we didn't have, take it and run with it. So I'm not the a person like you are, Maria, mostly most of the time. So I'm trying to be hopeful that they're going to do this because yep. this is the world they need to create for themselves. Yeah, this is their world. You know, it's funny you said something earlier about amplifying, you know, black voices and black business people and all of that, and it hit me. <laughs> I know this is so stupid, but it hit me in that moment. I'm like, oh yeah, uh, me and Kevin have been kind of doing that for ten years. <laughs> 
with AfterBuzz and BHL and all of this. Like one of the things that as I talk to people about AfterBuzz and Popcorn Talk and BHL and all of the networks combined is that the thing I'm most proud of is our diversity. And I don't mean black and white. I mean age, race, color, religion, gender, you know, sexual orientation. And that's always been my like proudest thing is that when you come to AfterBuzz, it's you're going to see everything there and everything is celebrated and everything is loved and nurtured. And um, and it just hit me in this moment with you that I I because I think because I'm seeing so many people being called on by people like yesterday, I started seeing people like, OK, tomorrow my Instagram is going to be taken over by a black voice and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who's calling all those people. I wonder why they didn't call me. <laughs> right. But then I'm like, wait, I'm doing it every day and have been for 10 years and have funded multi-millions of dollars of my own money to to give this opportunity. And I'm like, I guess I should maybe give myself a little bit more credit because you don't even think. I don't even think about it. Well, you know, you know, Maria, you are, you are, you come from immigrants. You know, you have your own kind of perspective on that too. You know, so that I think that does help understand uh, when you come from other people, come from other countries and other peoples of color um, they kind of an understanding kind of what we're, you know, what kind of what this movement's about. Um, I want to, I want to say a, a word for you to remember also, because you don't, because you don't do this. It's called racial gaslighting. It's by What's New that? Crusade. That's when you tell a person, basically you're telling them to hush up, to not speak about their experience, to not let them be who they are. They can say things like, well, James, I mean, I don't, you sure it was racism? I don't know. I mean, I think maybe you're seeing it the wrong way or maybe you're seeing it and you should see it the other way. Um, I was discriminated against um, at an at a organizing job, actually. The boyfriend of my client said some nasty words about me and didn't want me touching his stuff. And everybody kept saying, I feel bad for her. You should understand what she's going through. Uh, <laughs> I was discriminated against and called derogatory names to my face. I mean, like, so that's racial gas. It's like, it's like we're crazy. They do it to women. He, yeah, he called you honey and doll, but he's your boss. He just really was really friendly with you. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's inappropriate? Just he he likes you. So he said you have nice boobs. Well, why are you upset about that? Because oh, because you're at work. I mean, well, it just he just you have nice boobs in that dress. You know, it's that kind of thing of shutting you down. Mm-hmm. Can't be heard. That what you're thinking is completely like gaslighting. Completely yeah. wrong. And so for black people, we're tired of being told to shh. Yeah. Shh, don't say that. And what you and you guys don't you guys don't do that. That's 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 kind of my point. I'm gonna get that word out to the people. Racial gaslighting is yeah. that's what we're tired of. Yeah, it's interesting. Um I I feel like that gaslighting is kind of across the board, right? Like when you think of the Me Too. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. Movement. When you think of um, workplace toxicity, like I can't say anything about what I've gone through in the workplace. Are you kidding me? I'd never work again. I have to just keep my mouth shut. And so, you know, keeping your mouth shut is, is maybe good for you as an individual, but not for the collective. And that's the thing that I've been struggling with. Um, And, you know, I don't think this is its moment, but at some point it's moment. It's funny. There was a moment where I was like, gosh, it's kind of the next movement. But now there's a bigger movement that has to happen. And then that movement will happen too. Like it's, you know, we're, I think as a human race, like we, we have to continue to evolve and grow and get better. That's, that's just growth. If you're not growing, you're dying. So, um, Maria, this is, this is what we're seeing is we're all connected. I always try to tell that in my, in my practice, my coaching practice, that everything is connected. What I do affects you, what you affects me, whether we know each other or not, it does. And Mm -hmm. what we're seeing is with the me too movement, the trans movement, the queer movement, the black, and and even even with the the Latino movement, everything's going on. We can't go the way we are going. Yeah. That's, that's literally, it's not working, right? It's not working. Well, you know, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have something okay, to tell it's you. Not, it's not working. Yeah. So at some point, it had to come to a head. Yeah. So here's the last thing I'll say before we get to our guest. Um, I had a therapist a few years ago who said, nothing that isn't built out of integrity will last. And so yeah. when you think about the roots of all of these issues, I mean, gosh, did they lack integrity? Well, you know, I, I, I have a doctorate in divinity also. So I kind of have a Christian slant. I know I do everything. Girl. Of course, everything. of course, James, of course. <laughs> I always say that God should be in everything. So that's kind of a feel to me. If you don't have God in it, then obviously it will not work. So I kind of, that's one of my tenets. I love it. Well, let's, uh, let's shift our conversation to our guest as he has a heart out today. So as I said, Ed Milet, and we're going to continue to have these conversations every single day. Um, uh, we have an amazing guest tomorrow. I'll tell you guys about later too. Um, anyhow, Ed Milet is an entrepreneur, author, international speaker, business coach, and host who is the fastest growing personality in the history of social media. Ed focuses on concrete steps that aspirational people can implement to achieve their goals. He works with CEOs and athletes and businesses to recognize the better person inside themselves. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Mr. Ed Milet, how are you? I'm good, Maria. Thank you for having me. Thanks, for, you. thanks for being here. Um, uh, a mutual friend, KP, Kristen Prouty, has been like, you need to know Ed. And I'm like, I would love to know Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hearing the same thing. Your name comes up about every time I talk to her. She loves you. So oh. finally, we connect. Hopefully, it's not finally. the last time. I love it. I love it. Um, where in the world are you today? I'm in 108 degrees of La Quinta, California. Oh, yeah, very I'm cool. At my desert house today. So, well, may I introduce you to my co-host today, James Lott Jr. Hello, Ed. How are you? Pleasure to meet you, James. Same uh, here. You are amazing. You are amazing. 
And I, you know, and I, I just want to say, I, I want to ask you actually one question, if I can, really quick. You can sure. ask him all kinds of questions. You're a co-host, James. Okay. So I want to ask you a question because I do many things myself. You do so many different things. When you're at like at a dinner party or at a group, what do you what say? Says what do you do for a living? What do you lead with? I like that. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. What do you say? Like, what do you say to people? It, does it change per group you're in? Do you shift yeah. it? It's the same. So that's yeah. I'm curious. You hit on the thing I'm the worst at in the world because I'm always interested in what they do, and I really don't know what to say. My wife's like, "That was a terrible answer. What you just said there is exactly what you don't do." But typically, I think I probably more often than not introduce myself as an entrepreneur, you know, and a life strategist, I guess. It's so cheesy because my life's not perfect, you know. So for me to be given strategy on life to everybody sometimes feels a little bit imposter syndrome-ish to me. But I'll bet most of the time I'm introduced as an entrepreneur, as a business person, probably first. But that's a really good question. I answer that terribly. I'm like, well, I love that, answer. though, because I feel less bad about the fact that, well, I have another issue I feel like. And so... You know, I, I do a lot of different things as well. And so I just, yeah, I, I really am more interested in them. And also I just kind of like, there's too many things to say. I'm like, you know, I do a little bit of everything, you know, I'm a TV host, some of this. And then I just kind of like, I don't, my husband gets so mad at me, probably like your wife. He's like, you need to own what you are. And I'm like, but I don't know where to, what, what, what do I start with? Oh, hi, here's my resume. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I'm an Emmy winner. Like when people even want to introduce me at events, I'm embarrassed. I was just going to say, Maria, I'm the same way. They're like, so how should I introduce you? I'm like, just very quickly say my name and let me walk out there. So that's like not this. bad that we're like this. I'm the same way too. I'm the same way too. So I'm like, I think that says something. I think there's a, a space in the world for more humility. And, you know, frankly, I'll take myself that seriously, but it's something I got to tell you, my wife, it frustrates her so badly how terribly I answer that question, but I do a bunch of stuff just like you guys do. So, okay. So then piggybacking off of that, um, you know, I remember a conversation that, uh, a friend of mine had with Katie Couric and she mentioned me and she's like, she does too many things. Like she should just focus on one thing. And then she thought about it and she's like, actually, you know what? No, she's, she's, she's good. She's good. Like I take it back. And so I've always thought about it since then. And I do, I I remember your conversation with, um, it was either you had, it was either a conversation with Gary V or it was one of your, you know, solo videos where you talked about multitasking. Oh no, it was Jim quick. It was Jim quick. Who was on yesterday, right? Yeah. Who I adore. Um, And he was talking about the myth of multitasking and you can't do two things cognitively at the same time. And so I wonder what your stance is on doing so many different things. Does it water down the thing you're strongest at um, or how do you avoid that? Yeah, there's this adage too. you hear that most millionaires have these multiple streams of income. That's like kind of a vogue thing to tell entrepreneurs, too. I do think there's an element of that. I think you have to get great at something. And before you can be great at a lot of different things. And if you really track the success of most people, they picked something, got great at it, and then they began to diversify once they've sort of, I don't know if they've mastered it, but Tony Robbins, who I know you're friends with and I, he and I talk Mm -hmm. about that an awful lot too. Both of us started to diversify our lives later on. In the beginning, you know, in Tony's case, it was being a personal development expert and an intervention expert. It was only later that he became sort of a serial entrepreneur and a one-on-one coach and these other things. So 
I don't think there's anything wrong with doing lots of things, but I do think there's a diversion of energy. And to get great at something, mm-hmm. you know, where focus goes, energy flows. Yep. And so if you're focused in 15 different places, you've depleted your energy sources and you're less effective just by energy space. So I think if they're correlated and related that that's good. But the people that I know that have got great at anything have become obsessed about that thing, have a healthy obsession for it. You know, one of the things that I hope doesn't happen in our country right now is that we get off what we're focused on right now that, you know, okay, we've been on this now for a week and then focus starts to get diverted in all these other places and real change doesn't take place because we get caught up in 19 other different topics. Yeah. Let's, let's resolve this. Let's fix this. Let's, let's take some real action on this before we divert our focus. So if that's true there, that's probably true in most of our lives. Yeah. I actually was searching yesterday, like Los Angeles protests. Cause I'm like, please tell me there are protests still going on. Like, where is everybody? And I didn't see anything. And then you go to Instagram and you start to see that some people are, you know, starting to put back bikini pictures and like, here's my outfit and here's my hair and makeup. And you're like, okay, so the second that becomes normal for a few, it becomes normal for the many. And then we're back to where we were, which is only going to set us back in the future because it's, it's just you know, it, it it can't be left unresolved. And the hard, and the longer you start it, the more times you start an engine and turn it off, the harder it is to turn it on again. That's yeah. true in our lives and getting in shape. Yeah. You know, there's only so many times we can get in and out of shape and it's harder the 40th time. Yeah. Right. And so in our country right now, this conversation has to continue, but really we have to step past that. I'm not being political here, but like, what are the definable changes that we can look back on this time in six months when the, the bikini kick picks are back mm-hmm. and say, well, bikini picks are back and they won't be back forever. But these five things changed. Yeah. This legislation was passed. You know, the, the fundamental differences were made during that time. Then, of course, you know, we are going to get back to some normalcy in life. But then hopefully there'll be leaders from all walks of life and all communities that keep this in people's consciousness on a regular basis. And so, yeah, I definitely could answer your question in the beginning. I do think you can get, divert your focus and be ineffective for sure. Yeah, I think I totally agree. I think there's people who really need to. With summer upon us, friends, hair is going to be even more important. Yes, we've got humidity, we've got sun, we've got all kinds of things. And sometimes it's hard to find the right shampoo for your hair. Everyone's hair is so different and there's no one size fits all solution. That's why I love Way. They have different shampoos depending on your hair type. Want volume? Fine hair and conditioner will give you that extra oomph you need. If you need some moisture and a little extra bounce, find your happy medium with medium shampoo and conditioner. And for my peeps with thick hair like me, give your hair the hydration it deserves with thick hair shampoo and conditioner. Plus, you guys already know Way carries some of my favorite hair care products I use all the time, whether it's the leave-in conditioner, which is my go-to, or the hair oil. They give my hair this hydrating refresh all summer long. Wash your way to healthier hair. <laughs> See what I did there? With shampoos and conditioners made just for you. Go to the way, T H E O U A I dot com. Use the code Heel Squad for 15% off your entire purchase. That's the way.com, T H E O U A I dot com. Use the code Heel Squad. Your hair deserves it. Focus on one thing for, and again, I feel like I have this big village mentality. We're all part of the same village. So there are folks who should be focusing on this one thing to keep us all on course. I feel like that's kind of what needs to have happen is that the folks that do have the one focus keep going, let's keep doing it. Keep us all in the loop. Let's kind of keep us in there and, and keep the conversation going and the change is happening. I agree. I agree. I agree. So you mentioned your friendship with Tony. How long have you guys been friends for? Uh, 
we're both old now. Uh, <laughs> 25 years, 25 years. Stop it. That long? <laughs> I don't even like saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so. I, I, I talked to him the other day, and his beard is completely white right now. And I'm like, bro, it's Santa. been too long. You know, like, yeah, we've known each other a long time. He's, you know, and I know that you know Tony as well. He's been a big influence on my life. In fact, he was really the person that encouraged me after all of these years to sort of become a more public person. I enjoyed my privacy uh-huh. and he knew that I did that, but he really challenged me. I won't use the words that he used, but like basically tell me I was full of, you know what, if I wasn't willing to put myself out there. And so really my first Instagram post, you know, on, in a public forum was because Tony was literally right there going, do it. And I made a little stupid selfie video. Wow. And, you know, I'll tell you a funny story because I want to give everybody hope that wants to grow something. This is no exaggeration. I knew nothing about Instagram, nothing about social media. And Tony's not even really that big on there, relatively speaking, or how big he could be. And he told me, this is no joke, I swear to you. I didn't, my son set the account up. I made the video. I'm like, here, post it. I got like five likes. And I, I was one of those normal social media people. I called him the next morning and I, I'm, I go, hey, whatever you told me to do doesn't work, bro. Because we lived, we're neighbors where we lived up in, in Idaho. And he goes, well, you posted at the wrong time of day. You should post in the morning around breakfast time. And what I hear him say, I swear to God, I hear him say, you got to post at breakfast time. And where, where, where were your hash browns? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, tell your son. So I call my son. I go, I thought you were an expert on this stuff. You got to post at breakfast time. And you got to have hash browns in the video. My son's <laughs> like, Dad, Uncle Tony told you hash browns in the videos. I'm like, I just hung up with him. If you don't know what you're doing, I'll hire a social media team. I'm kind of getting on my 16-year-old. And sure enough, I call Tony back. The next day, my second ever Instagram video is me with eggs and hash browns making my video. Stop it. Stop it. Tony calls me. He goes, you idiot. It's cash tags. And I want you to post in the morning time. I'm like, what the hell is that hash tag? And that's, that's a hilarious. true story. And then, you know, three years later and millions of people later, I've figured out the hash area. So, so that's hilarious. Um, and, and I wonder, it's so interesting to me because you guys have, there's a lot of crossover, right? And it's interesting to me that he would not be competitive. And I know Tony well, I'm just saying for the outside purview of people right like you know sometimes I'm even afraid to ask for advice from people who are similar because I'm like well why would they want to see me succeed and and potentially be competition for them because I've been in so many scenarios where I've innocently um entered and thought oh we're going to be a team this is awesome we could do this and we could do that and then they've seen me as a threat and then had to squash me like a bug um, and so my experience has been always that people view you as competition. And so I'm kind of like always trying to figure it out on my own, which I know is a recipe for failure. It's not a, a smart recipe. You need to reach but out I, to people. But I know enough about you from our mutual friends to know that that's not the way you operate. You have an abundance mentality and you help all kinds of different people that have been in your space and not in your space. And I, I help several- everybody, but I'm generally afraid to ask. So it was funny before this, I said, you know, I'm probably going to ask Ed for some help because he's really good at this. And I kind of need somebody to help me unlock a few things. And and my New Year's resolution this year was to be bold and ask for help. Good. So. Well, I'm glad to do it. And, and in Tony's case, I think 
like most great people, I think he's mission oriented. I yeah. am. I know you are. I'm cause oriented. So if there's somebody I can enroll that can reach people, maybe I can. Our styles are he's a foot taller than me. You know, <laughs> our approaches, there's some crossover and some similarity. And because I've learned from him, hopefully of one percent I've helped him as well. But our approaches are a little bit different, but they're similar enough. And I think he knows my heart. Yeah. And I also didn't get into the space to make money. I, I had made my uh, I got into the space for the cause. I, 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 most of my stuff is free. There's nothing wrong with charging for your content, by the way, you should, if you, if you choose to, but I just don't think he has a scarcity mentality. And also, I mean, he's the OG. I mean, there's, I don't meet anybody on my show. I'm, I mean, almost nobody that's ever done my show that doesn't tell me in some way, shape or form at some point, Tony's work helped them. Yeah. And so we're all sort of descendants of his. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And then I wonder, you know, as, as I, you know, teach some of the lessons that have been um, pivotal in my life that I've learned at seminars or from Tony as a friend, um, I'm always like, well, Tony taught me this because I never want to be like, yeah. oh, this is my teaching. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, motion equals emotion and focus equals feeling. And, you know, that's what I learned with Tony. Do you feel like you always have to preface things or do you just kind of do it? No, I do. And I, uh, I try my best to acknowledge, you know, I am probably a company. I don't know how many original thoughts I have. I probably heard or thought most of the different things. You know, you've had Joe Dispenza on before. Mm -hmm. Joe's one of my dear friends. You know, when we're together alone, we rift back and forth of the different ways we approach the mind, spirit connection, those things. I'm sure I periodically repeat some of the things Joe has said and vice versa. But in most cases, if I know for sure I've heard it somewhere else, I try to give yeah. credit to that person. And if you don't, by the way, there's that social media crew that will let you know they heard it somewhere yeah. else, too. <laughs> so you're smart to do it and get in front of it if yeah. you can. Well, but, it's, I, but isn't life, isn't, I was saying, isn't life that way anyway? We are, we're an amalgamation of everything that we learn yeah. and who we hear from and who we, I mean, we all of these things. We, I mean, we have original thoughts, obviously. We have things that we believe in that come from us, but they're all results of the things that we learn along the way. True. A hundred percent. And that's yeah. why I always try to give credit. And also, I think knowing what you just said is so important, James, because I don't want someone to think that some measure of success, any of the three of us or anybody has had that we're somehow unique or different than them. You know, the power of a lot of weight loss ads you see are the before and after. And oftentimes in social media or personal development, you're always seeing the after product where we appear to have the answers. We appear to be polished. But in my own case, I have to say, the reason I may know a little bit more about how to change your mind or your existence on earth to some extent is because I started from such a low baseline, such low self-esteem, um, so introverted, so quiet. Um, I had to learn basic skills of personal development, self-help to just be a baseline functioning person that, you know, then it sort of got something became, I became obsessed with and addicted to that grew my life. But I don't want people to think that any of us are any different than they are. I agree. I, I love that. that. So one of the conversations that I really wanted to have with you today and for the benefit of our audience who may not have um, seen some of your videos where you talk about this is the power of knowing your identity. I've never heard anyone else talk about this and I found it really powerful and I wanted to share that with everybody today. Well, I talk a lot of different ways about identity, but one of the things that I really believe is that that's the governor on your life, on your happiness, on your peace, wealth, abundance, relationships is this identity you have. And your identity is really the thoughts, concepts, and beliefs that you hold to be most true about you. And uh, 
I talk, I opened up today talking about temperature. It's 109 degrees outside. Luckily for me, there's a thermostat right over there that is set at 74 degrees right now. And so that thermostat regulates the temperature of this room. Your identity is the thermostat of your life. It regulates the temperature. And so it's not outside conditions that dictate the quality of our life. It's 109 degrees outside. In your life, if you're a 75 degree or let's just say of happiness and life starts to heat up, you've all had this happen. You're happier. You've got better relationships. Things are going well in business. What happens is if you start getting 90, 95 degrees of happiness and bliss, but you're a 75 degree or inside identity wise, you find a way to turn the air condition of your life back down again to get yourself back to that 74, 75 degrees again. That happens in money. You know, you, you, business is going well, but you're a 75 degree or in your thermostat setting, you got 90 degrees worth of happiness or, or finances, you cool it back down. The reverse is also true. If it gets really, really cold, you find a way to heat it back, life back up about to where you deserve it. This identity is really powerful because I'm fine. I look at everything, Maria, through identity. I look at our country, and our country needs an identity shift right now. Otherwise, what we're going to do is we're going to have some short-term changes, and we'll find a way to turn the air conditioner back on and get us right back where we've always been again. One of the things that's most encouraging for me is to see the, the wide variety of people that are at these protests, that mm -hmm. are locking arms, that are making posts. That tells me maybe as a country, we're having an identity change. An identity As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Change for an individual or a group is, is, is a real change. And so I'm constantly working on changing my thermostat setting, getting it higher and higher and higher. That changes the external results of your life. And so for me, that's usually through association. That's usually the people that I'm around most regularly. Tony likes to say, I'll give him credit. Mm -hmm. Tony likes to say that one of the most powerful forces in the world is the expectations of your peer group. Yep. My way of saying that is they change your thermostat setting. If you're a person of faith and you hang around incredibly faithful people on a regular basis in that area, you're like, you can't help but live a more faith-based existence. If you're around super happy people all the time, they can't help but alter your thermostat setting to some extent. And so for me, the key in life is our thermostat setting in every area. And you have multiple ones, physically, emotionally, in your relationships. We've all have friends that, we find them in one month and they're in love with this new relationship, but they're at 90, 100 degrees in that relationship. And six months later, we see them at a restaurant alone again, and it didn't work out, or he did this, or they did that. And there's this pattern they fall into because the relationship identity is at 75 degrees. They find a way to cool that part of their life back down. And it seems coincidental, 
It seems like it's, you know, just, you know, a, a set of circumstances we can't control, but it happens over and over again because of our identity. God, that's so good. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Seriously, because a lot, there's no coincidence. I'm sorry, I don't believe in coincidence. There's no coincidence. Everything is connected. And there are things that seemingly are out of your control, but they really are in control. That's correct. Yeah, like and, who you're and, spending your time with. If you want to be fit, you have to really look at who you're hanging around. My husband likes to eat pizza around the clock. And <laughs> if there's a cake, like Jeff, you brought me a strawberry shortcake for my birthday the other day. And uh, he took at least a quarter of the cake down in one sitting and then was literally like this watching TV. <laughs> snoring and he's like i'm so sorry honey i know it's your birthday i don't know why i'm so tired i go because you just had an od of sugar and so i've met your husband by the way and he doesn't look like he eats a lot of cake so that's pretty surprising to me he must have a great metabolism honestly we should bottle up his metabolism and sell it because he eats i mean like really i mean he should really be 700 pounds right now (laughs) what a blessing Everybody, though, if, if anything today, I would have everyone evaluate that part of their life. What are these blind spot thermostat settings you have in your identity? What you believe you're worthy of? What you believe you deserve? You know, this is an oversaid thing in the personal development world, but it's absolutely so true. You are never going to get more out of a relationship or out of your life than you believe you're worthy of, than you believe you deserve. And if you don't begin to change that, and you can't love yourself if you're not being yourself. Mm. So there's yeah. got to at some point, if you're going to really change how much you love you and change the world, you've got to drop these fake identities you've got that you think please other people, or that maybe your parents installed in you when you were young, or that's, you know, the happiest people I know live authentically and drop the fear of what other people think about them and begin to live their true self. That's when we truly love ourselves. And once we really give ourselves permission to love ourselves, that's when our identity begins to change. And the external part of our life is almost automatically going to change when we do that. So having self-esteem issues growing up, how did you, because I know for me growing up, my parents embedded in me, you know, worry about what other people say. Like, what are the people of the church going to say? What are the people over here going to say? And so that was just, you know, that was just the recipe for Maria. You need to be perfect (laughs) at all times. Um, how did you abandon that and get to truly be yourself? Great question. Uh, a circumstance took place and I had a baseball career that looked like was very promising. I was playing college baseball, a significant injury happened. It probably ended a career that would have ended anyway, but it's a better story that I got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause you never know. Yeah. You never know. You never know, but it wasn't supposed to be, it was destiny. And, um, so long story made really short. I was unemployed, graduated from college, and my dad, everything in life happens for you, not to you. We always talk about yep. that. My dad, who was an alcoholic when I was growing up, had just gotten sober. My dad's now been sober for 30 plus years. He was at his first AA meeting. He comes home from the meeting and says, I got you a job. And I'm like, well, what is it? I'm being really picky. He goes, you, you don't get to choose. I have no idea what it is, but you're not sleeping in this bed you grew up in anymore. Get your ass down there tomorrow, 6 a.m. McKinley home for boys. I show up there. It's an orphanage for boys. And this, uh, I'll get emotional, so I'll just talk through it quickly. But I walk into Cottage 8, and it's there's 12 boys there that are all 6, 7, and 8 years old. And they all stopped right when I walked in. Now, all my boys, their parents were either incarcerated, dead, or had molested them. And they turned, and they looked at me with these eyes. 
I mean, they're getting ready for school. And I recognize those eyes because I have them. Anybody who grows up with any level of real dysfunction, we've got these please love me eyes. They're just a little different. All these boys wanted was someone to love them, help them live better, believe in them, care for them. And I became like their, I'm getting chills. I became like their father, their big brother. There's hundreds of boys on this campus, but I had Cottage 8. And it changed my life because I got out of myself and I got into other people. I started to serve other people. I found my home as a man wasn't hitting a baseball or achieving or being famous or recognized. I fell in love, literally. And I'd never had that experience before with helping and believing in other people. That was my home. And so my self-esteem changed when I stopped focusing on me, ironically. Doesn't mean I didn't love myself, but when I found my gift, my gift was helping other people, was serving other people, was loving other people, it changed my life. And then I felt compelled to become a better man and grow my self-confidence so I could serve these people better. I think just growing yourself, just changing yourself for the sake of doing it, I'd ask you, if you've always struggled with this, what's the greater calling and purpose that you'd have if you were the better version of you? What's the difference you'd make for other people if we could improve you? That will give you the leverage. That'll give you the resourcefulness to push through and find the teachers, myself, a Joe, a Tony, yourself, whoever it is that could change you. So the catalyst for me, ironically, wasn't me. The catalyst for me was I wanted to change someone else's life and help them. And I had to get better and be a better man to do it. In marriage, oftentimes, or as a father for me, I'm constantly wanting to be better at that and not feeling good about how good I am because I love these children of mine so much. I'm never quite measuring up, right? But I want to grow because I love them. So I think you'll all find if you find people or causes you love, that's the pathway to wanting to better you. And you can only serve them. You can't pour from an empty cup. It's gonna, your, your conclusion is going to be you must change you. You must grow you. You must love you more in order to give more. And that was the change for me. Wow. Totally agree. Yeah, so. it's it's funny. I, I feel like we always want to give the thing we don't have. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm. And yes. so... Why do you think that is? That's, I've, not, I've not heard that before. Why do you think that is? Because it's the thing that you crave. So you you hope and wish. It's like it's like when, when I was poor, I remember I would like be walking to a store and be like, I just wish someone would just pop out and just surprise me with $20. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if someone just popped out and gave me $20? Like, so when I, you know, was successful, I would surprise people at dinner and buy their dinners, but never say anything and just watch their reactions because that's the reaction I wanted to have when I was younger and we were struggling. And I feel like you want, you want to give what you wish you would receive. If you didn't have um support in your career right you would go and give that to support to others because that's the thing you wish someone would give you and that's the cycle i've seen with a lot of people in life is you give what you wish someone had given to you or someone will give to you maria i tell maria and ed so for me i was the father to my children that i didn't get i completely agree with what you're saying it was there were things that were missing with my own relationship with my father that when I had kids, I went the other direction and made choices that I wished my father had made mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. And so in turn, but Steve, but also by doing that to go with what Ed is talking about, I saw myself in their eyes and it helped heal me 
mm-hmm. and baby Jamie and kid Jamie, it healed me inside. So it was a dual purpose thing. I was the father to them that I didn't get. And then I was able to forgive my father and forgive my childhood at the same time. I almost get emotional too about this. Mm. I, I tell you, it was a two dual, it was a dual purpose thing. But I saw myself, and my kids going, wow, they're having the reactions that I wanted to have myself. And I didn't know. I can tell you, I've been doing this like 30 years. <laughs> this has never come up this way before. Oh, this is really, really good for me. I, I just learned something today because I'm, Maria, I'm projecting myself back walking in that mm-hmm. home. And what you're saying is completely true, both of you. That mm-hmm. I, I, I was trying to give them what I didn't have. That's so good. <laughs> hey. Hey. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. Very good. Yeah. Everything begins with conversation, folks. That's the whole thing. Conversation, you know, beauty comes out of conversation. Growth comes out of conversation. I love this. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. I think, you know, I, I, I just know um also like i remember being on set at e-news i was hosting e-news and um this whole conversation about one of will smith's kids he was like just different and you know had different perspectives and looked different and did all the stuff and i was like guys we should be celebrating this kid because we all just are conforming we're all doing all the same stuff saying the same stuff and wearing the same stuff this kid's an individual we should be like lifting him up and showing the rest of us that being an individual is awesome and and that i think again comes from that same thing of like no this is your box this is how you have to be perfect and this is what perfect looks like and I'm just like, I want to get out of here. I want to. <laughs> I, I was just in a conversation with somebody, Maria, and they, it was a hard question to answer. They're like, what is life about? I'm like, wow, that's one of the harder ones to answer. I don't know that I'm qualified. But for me, a really well-lived life is that you're living the true expression of your soul. Mm-hmm. And so the happiest people I know are the truest expression of themselves. And the unhappiest people I know suppress that expression of themselves. And I know even for me, there's been different times in my life where, you know, I wish that I did that. My, my wife says I have the oddest collection of friends. Some of them are very well known. I think most people would think most of them are well known just because of my show or, you know, where you live. But no, they're not. My best friend owns a transmission shop. But what they all have in common, ironically, my best friends, is they're all really unique individuals. Mm-hmm. They're weird. I love weird people. I love what the yes. world would think is weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like every conversation there's an energy there's something interesting i they're not the norm i I can get the norm everywhere right i want the people closest to me to be special and unique and express their souls in the way they want to and it's a very diverse group of people but that is the thing i finally concluded at 49 years old that's the thing i love about the people closest to me who i want to keep the closest exactly what you're both describing so good yeah I, i need a copy of this so that I could put it on my show. This is too good. I love it. I'm glad. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm honored. I think, you know, you would love my husband because no one has a more eclectic group than him throughout his life. He's a writer. So he's always, he's got some guy at 7-Eleven he's like super close with. He calls himself G-Money. And G-Money is just the like the most hilarious character in Kevin's life. He's obsessed. But Kevin has so many eclectic friends and so many unique friends. And, um, and I think, I think it's important. And, you know, when you think about, um, you know, your, your peers, it is, you do want the people who are going to elevate you and expect more from you, 
but you also want your feet on the ground and you want to be connected to all different kinds of people at all different levels. So you have an empathy that doesn't run out at some point, right? Yeah. What happens is as you rise and your circle becomes all like high achieving, you know, gajillionaires, you lose complete sight of the real struggles on the ground. And then you're not as well-rounded and you can't, you can't get it because now you're around people who are like, well, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, work hard. And we're like, well, you're in that puddle of shit. It's so hard to, uh, you know. So on my social media right now, talk about empathy and people keeping you grounded. So obviously I post a lot of things that are about, you know, they're serious topics. How to change this, how to change your reticular activating system, you know, all these really detailed things. And um, my friends are like, probably you have too. They're like, hey, dude, don't take it too seriously. Like, I really know you, right? <laughs> you know? And the most popular guy on my Instagram right now, I put on, I call him Richard Cabeza. He's one of my really good friends. That's Dick and Cabeza in Spanish, his head. Yeah, freaking hilarious. I didn't and make that he, connection until you said it. <laughs> yeah, and what he does, what Richard does, his real name's Kelly Gwynn, but what he does is every Saturday he sends me an Instagram post mocking what I teach for the most part, right? Like, he's like, you really changed my life, Ed. And he's smoking a cigarette <laughs> and drinking a beer. I'm starting <laughs> to clean my act up. You know, he hasn't shaved. He's all disheveled. But it gives me a level of, of grounding and empathy. And, you know, I'm not to be political because I'm really, I'd be a really unique politician because I'm socially extremely liberal and financially though i'm a pretty conservative dude right like i've 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 never everyone's why don't you run for office because nobody would vote for me because (laughs) because i don't belong to a a particular political party but one of the things i'm most disappointed in is right now is the lack of empathy by leaders it's like hello can you can you you fake empathy like no like could you try to fake it once no the lobotomy there was like an empathy lobotomy that took place and it just breaks my heart because it's such kindness and empathy and listening people think oh those are really nouveau you know left ideas they're not you know what's made me a good entrepreneur you want to be a good capitalist empathy Mm -hmm. listening getting the ideas of other people kindness the most successful people in everything I know that Phil Jackson is the greatest NBA coach, maybe of all time. What's he kind of really known for being a little bit more empathetic, being a listener, being kind, right? Like I, I just happen to believe that that's the pathway to success as well. Like it serves a hardcore capitalist entrepreneur who wants to be rich and change the world. And it serves a leader who's trying to heal a nation. It, it's what you do in a relationship. It's what you do in a friendship. And so I, uh, I think empathy is this super undervalued, undercommunicated, tremendous quality of successful, happy people. Yeah. And I'm brokenhearted to see that not from leadership in the country. It just crushes me. So. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I wonder your, um, what your take is on success, right? When you're an overachiever, like you are an uber successful like does it ever is it ever enough boy i teach this better than i live it to be really transparent i'm in this really vulnerable transparent stage you know no it's never enough but for me that never enough has moved to i think a healthy place so initially people say well material things will never make you happy Well, that's just like a complete lie. 
I mean, no one who's ever bought a nice suit or got a new car or whatever. Of course, it made you happy. That's not true. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course it does. What it is, is short term, though. And there's a gigantic difference between happiness and fulfillment. And people conflate these far too often in life. Now, material things and wealth will not fulfill you. We all know so many very Mm -hmm. wealthy people who are completely unfulfilled. And so my addiction to more moved from a house, another jet or whatever, because it was just short-term happiness that quite frankly was empty. That doesn't mean I don't think you should want to go achieve it. Hey, if they're going to make a Ferrari and they're going to make a Camry and you'd rather drive a Ferrari, more power to you. I don't judge you for that. And I think it's wonderful if you want to go get those things. And I don't like the demonization of pursuit of success either. Okay. I think a lot of good things can come from that. But for me, the pathway to fulfillment is other people. One of my main sayings is that people matter, things don't. And I love people. I'm interested in people. I love people say, do you get, I love Uber. I love getting in an Uber and I got 40 minutes with another human being, typically from a walk of life I'm not currently leading. And I love these. I think I drive half my Uber drivers crazy because mm-hmm. like, it's like being on my show. Like, so what about this? Where'd you grow up? What do you think about that? What about Trump? What about the protest? I got, I love people. Mm-hmm. And that started when I walked in McKinley home for boys. And so that'll never be enough for me. Like, why are we doing this today? I've got several you know, other things I'm doing today because this isn't work. This is my home. Like this, this will end soon. And I'll feel like it was like a, a flicker. So for me, the achievement and contributing to other people will never be enough. And I love that. And for, in my life, I sort of spent the first half of my life accumulating things. And I've decided I want to spend the second half of my life helping people. Not that I didn't help them to get where I was, but I want my full-time obsession where I feel the most alive is when I'm doing this. And during coronavirus and even during the current times with George Floyd's murder, you know, I think people feel helpless. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, this may seem hokey, but I'm always, the pathway out of helpless is to be helpful. Just pick something up and do something for another person. You can't simultaneously be helpful and feel helpless. And you really can't be helping other people and not feel a sense of fulfillment. And so it's a very simple path to having more bliss in your life. And that bliss comes in the service of other people. And it's not corny and it's not hokey. It is the path for you. And God gave you unique blessings and gifts, specially wired into you that are just yours. It's your intellect, your beauty, your humor, your work ethic, your um, empathy, your intensity, your passion, you've got some of these gifts. Everyone's got two or three very special gifts, your discernment. And a fulfilled life is identifying what your two or three specials are and then using those in the service of other people. That, to me, is a fulfilling life. Know your two or three special gifts and use whatever those are in a way to serve other people. It's also Mm -hmm. the way to become a successful entrepreneur. Figure out your two or three special gifts. Figure out how to solve people's problems with those gifts. And you'll probably make a lot of money. It's the same pathway. They're not. They're not different paths. Yeah, you I always, mentioned. I always say that out of. Oh, go ahead. Okay, no, you go ahead. Tragedy and crisis, beauty can be born. I mean, mm-hmm. there's things that come out of. You know, as an entrepreneur myself of, of 11 years, it's ups and downs. But sometimes it's during that downtime that I got some great ideas because you're kind of stripped. Mm-hmm. You're like you're at the base. You're, you're just at bare level, and you're trying to figure. You're trying to climb. You're trying to climb out of it out of the yes. puddle. Um, and I had some great ideas that now are successful, but would I have thought of them when I was in a low, if I hadn't gone through a low moment? 
maybe not, maybe so. But it's like, when you go through moments like this, there's some great stuff that is born, you know, great talent, great content, great, you know, leaders, great everything. And so I, I just think that this is the time for a change. That's going to be the most amazing thing is because you're so right. Who's the leader that's going to emerge now? Yeah. You know, I don't think it's probably the two dudes running for president are actually going to be transformative leaders. No offense to either one of them. I don't mean to offend anybody, but there's someone out there that's going to emerge as a leader, Mm -hmm. maybe multiple, actually probably multiple people. And I think that's a really exciting thing. And just go through history, Amazon, and you go look at the biggest companies in the world, the Apples, the Amazons were all born in down economic cycles. Right. Netflix, down economic cycles, Amazon, down cycle, Apple, down cycle, like some of the biggest behemoths on earth that are companies were born in really bad economies. And we're not in a good economy again. Like no matter what the stock market's telling you, things aren't good right now. It probably won't be good for a little while. And there's going to be tons of new entrepreneurs born during this time out of necessity. They can't get a job, so they're going to start a business. Yeah. And and they're going to become successful because they're going to be innovative and resourceful and respond to modern times needs of other people and that's where great businesses will be born yeah it's cool to hear your definition of success and when you talk about the coronavirus it's interesting because i three years ago i think it was monday was our birthday right steven yeah three years ago on monday i had brain surgery and um and it was not happening to me it happened for me and it changed my entire life and my perspective on things and I went on this complete new journey and redefining success was something that was really important to me and something that I feel like we all need as a collective to unburden us in a sense of, uh, of the pursuit of things and rather the pursuit of what our soul is screaming for. And I feel like the coronavirus was the collective brain tumor for everyone. Cause I kept saying, I'm like, how, how do I get people to have the aha moments I've had without giving them a brain tumor or some life altering experience? And I feel like the coronavirus was definitely that for a lot of people because it forced us to go inward. We were stuck alone or stuck at home. We didn't have the usual distractions that we had. We all realized that the most important thing in life is our health and the health and well-being of the people we love and the connection that we have with people, right? As that connection was severed, right? We now realize just how badly we need humans. And, you know, for me, I'm like, I can't wait to hug people. Oh my God. I'm like, I am so hug deprived. I'm the biggest hugger in the world. When you come to my, my birthday parties, I'm a few Bud Lights in, but I will storm your body if you can handle my body i am jumping on you and hugging you as tight as i can um but i feel like i feel like it's important for people who are trying out there to hear that success isn't measured by the things because that's usually what we first go for like i had benchmarks Right. I, I, you know, I, I had things where I was like, oh, if I get this, then I've definitely made her. I, I get that. But then yeah. it's like, you, like you said, you get them and it's like, oh, OK, cool. So I'm getting back into my Porsche. I don't think about it anymore. Right. I don't think, you know, I do think about it when the top's down. I'm like, yes, I love the air and I love driving fast. Don't tell the police. Um, but um, but I, it, it does. It quickly goes. And then you're like, OK, well, what's next? Well, you know, you know, Maria, you know, Maria, you are, Maria's a good hugger. And I always, when I say that, I'm a good hugger. 
Thank you. I say that. I Thank love you. hugs. Um, but I just want to say that I, you know, I had a life alter. I had a severe case of Bell's palsy, and I was down for almost a year. And Maria was very helpful to me, actually, when I, I talked to her during that time period. Um, and so I feel the same way. I feel like just, I mean, when this time when the virus started, I go, I had a virus too, and I got it through my ear, and my face went paralyzed. Um, and so it's kind of like we all, and I, just learned, I had to learn how to stop. I had to learn how to stop. And Maria knows how this is too, and really go inward and and take stock on everything that's going on. I think right now the world had to stop because yep. we're all going through this together. It's it's just so amazing. Again, like I said earlier, we couldn't go the way we were going. Yes. Like we were doing it, but at some point something was going to intervene. Yeah. And so I kind of agree with Maria and what she's saying about that. Like just something had to happen, no matter what it was, it was it was bound to happen. I totally I think it's a consciousness reset. That's what I was hoping we would get from Corona. And it's amazing that you say that. I had a heart attack when I was 32 and that was my moment. And one of the things that changed for me, it wasn't that I didn't have a list of things I want to do. I still do to this day. Um, it was, I'm a, this is a really serious topic to me too. So forgive me for lecturing on it, but I really believe people have a problem with giving themselves permission to be fulfilled and happy now. And so there's this notion in the world that I'm going to delay when I get this promotion, then I'll give myself person happy. When I get the Porsche, then I'll be happy. When I get this relationship, then I'll be happy. And what happens is we keep moving the finish line mm-hmm. and we never get there. And the problem is no matter what happens, when you get that big mansion, you have to bring you with you there. And if you can't give yourself permission to love you now and be happy now, my heart attack for me said now matters. And so, yes, health now matters. And I'm hoping that everyone here hears this, that you can. And then there's these other people. I call it blissful dissatisfaction. People conflate bliss and satisfaction. They think, well, if I celebrate it, Maria, you know you had this because I had it. If I really start enjoying everything, I'm going to lose all my drive. I'm going to lose all my ambition. So I'm going to kind of cheat my happiness now because my recipe is I don't really enjoy everything. That keeps me driven. And it's not true at all. You can be completely celebratory and happy and still be dissatisfied, still want to go to another level, still want to help more people, still want to acquire. My wife has this very bizarre habit she's developed as she's gotten older, which is really embarrassing. But she, when she eats like really pleasurable food, particularly if she's cooked it, she like starts moaning like <laughs> orgasmically, like, 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 I do too. you know, this just, I'm like, babe. I'm a food moaner, moaner for sure. Yeah, she's a, and it's, you know, you're beautiful. <laughs> she's beautiful. It's a little weird in the house, but it's like super embarrassing in public. Like super, like my birthday a couple of years ago, we're at this Italian restaurant. We walk in, some dudes are checking her out. That's okay. You can look a couple of times and we sit down, we end up sitting right next to them with my kids. And she starts into this. Ugh. I'm like, these dudes are going to explode. Like you, we're in a public <laughs> place right <laughs> right but she said something because i'm always thinking about you know other stuff she goes but the more i enjoy it the more i want another bite and i'm like oh man what a metaphor for how i don't always live mm. like i think if i enjoy this too much i'm not going to want another bite in yeah. fact the way the brain works is you give yourself more dopamine hits the more you want to get to another level so cheating yourself of bliss and happiness now actually robs you from whatever it is you think you want to go get in the future. And, and it was a pretty good lesson for me, even though it's incredibly embarrassing and uncomfortable. That's so, friggin' hilarious. 
And yeah, you'll see it when we have dinner. You'll see it. I am you'll, very you'll big personality, so I do the same thing. I'm like moaning and freaking out. Like a friend of mine gave me a homemade apple pie the other day, and I'm on Instagram, and my eyeballs are poking out of my eyes, and I'm moaning and screaming, and this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me ever. And so, yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> that will be a very eventful dinner for sure. Yeah, a lot of noise. <laughs> It's good to know I won't get any food between the three of you because she eats, you eat, and evidently your husband really eats. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Ed, I want to be respectful of your time. I have about pages, you know, three pages of things here, but I think we got to the most important stuff for today. Um, I hope we can do this again sometime, and I hope um, I hope I can get to know you and your wife better as well um, yeah. off the air. I love that. And... Can I say one thing before we go? Yeah. Just First off, I've enjoyed this. I, we all do a lot of these. This is wonderful. I got more out of today than certainly anybody listening. I can guarantee you that. But, but one thing I want to tell everybody to just give themselves some credit, because, and that is right now in the world, you know, there's a lot of monitoring of what people say and don't say, and you got to say it this way. Let's give each other credit for our intentions, mm-hmm. and let's let's give ourselves credit for our intentions. People ask me all the time, what's one of the fastest ways to give yourself some more self-confidence? you know what? I'm a good man and I'm trying to do good in the world. And my self-esteem and my self-confidence does not come from my incredible abilities because I don't think I have them, but I give myself a lot of credit for intending to do well. And so, you know, that's, what's beautiful about what you're doing here, Maria. Right. And I just want to give you both credit, frankly, you're intending to do well in the world. And one of the fastest ways to change your self-esteem and self-confidence it's just to focus on how good your intentions are because you know that about yourself. You know it's true. You know you're a good man. You know you're a good woman. Give yourself some credit for that. And it's the fastest way to start to feel better about yourself. It's just your intention to do well, your intention to help, your intention to do good. And you know what you're going to find out? Most people intend to do well. Not everybody, but yeah. most people do. And that's a path for more confidence. That's a path for more change. That's a path for more empathy about everything we've talked about. So I just wanted to add that at the end before you kick me out. I love that. I love that. What a great way to end. And it's so true. And I think it does. It fosters more understanding. And like you said, empathy. And I think we need so much more of that. Um, Of course, uh, if you guys want more information on Ed, he has the number one podcast um the ed milet show you guys can find that wherever podcasts are found he has uh his book max out your life which is uh available on amazon i believe it's like 100 pages right it's very short but like succinct you read it in about 40 minutes because i'm not a great writer and i don't have that much to say no bullshit i love that (laughs) um we're gonna put the links in our description of the show and um i'm really really grateful for your time ed this was awesome Loved it. Thank you both so much. Yeah, I'll, I'll cross, cross, pass, cross pass with you someday, too. You're amazing. You need to be at that dinner. Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and I will say, I'm a producer quickly hopping in. Ed, you will be talking to Maria at some point because I'm talking to Erica about bringing her on your show. So oh. for fans who obviously love Maria and love Ed, part two is going to happen on the Ed Milet Show at yes. some point. At some point. Got to do it in the next three or four weeks. Let's speed that up. Perfect. Okay. We'll do. Okay. Sounds All right. good. God bless you guys. Thank we'll you. You too. Bye. That was so cool. Oh my goodness. Right. He's amazing. He's amazing. Amazing. Speak, he's speaking it. He is speaking it. I love it. I love it. Um, tomorrow on the show, Jeff, why don't you educate us on uh, our incredible guest tomorrow? Yeah, I'm really excited. This is, I always say, one of the best <laughs> gifts I get as a producer of this show is 
through your platform, Maria, I get to have these like amazing pre-interviews with brilliant people. You know, I can send emails and be like, I'm producing Maria's show. And then all of a sudden, a lot of people say yes to Maria. And the guest we have tomorrow is incredible. Her name is Candace Watts-Smith. She's a professor from UPenn and just a really, really well-spoken, eloquent, and empathetic voice um, in the Black Lives Matter movement. I found her through a TED Talk, actually, um, about I've really been trying to educate myself, and this was about systematic injustice in our country around race. And um, she is passionate about um, arming both people of color and maybe people who come from a place of white privilege about what's going on and what we can be doing to help. So it's going to be a really incredible episode, and um, just really excited for tomorrow. Yeah, it goes like this. Jeff, I want an expert to help us get better, okay? <laughs> I need a great voice in the Black Lives Matter movement that can help us and he's like aye aye captain and then I love he goes it. I love it it's it's my favorite part of my job so um, it's gonna be great tomorrow and um, I'm like I want James Law Jr. tomorrow to co-host yep. and he's like aye aye captain <laughs> that's always we always want James Law Jr. even I told James yesterday you know I've produced uh, James' show Breaking Into for a long time which is an amazing show you can find a whole catalog of episodes on Black Hollywood Live but James is one of those huh. people um, I just I love your voice literally and in terms of you as a host and um, just so great to have you on today it, it, it was complete, completely beyond my, my, I mean, just it's so much my pleasure to be here. And uh, I want people to know that when I was coming out of my Bell's Palsy stuff, I contacted Kevin and Maria and they actually got back to me with some advice on a few things. I went to Maria and asked her about her situation coming back to life again after a, a long stint off and she gave me great advice. And I know if I need to text you or call you about something, you do answer. Whenever I see you, you always talk to me, like talk to me. Not just like, hey girl, bye, and you go much business. You actually stop and you talk, how are you doing? And that's it goes to that goes to Ed's intentions thing. I think yeah. it really doesn't mean that you seriously have always been supportive of my career and you've always been supportive of me. So Thank you. When you call and, and the I'm big here. guy Kev, who's not here. He's you know, uh, you'll care, you'll care my Hollywood Papa. So, you Mr. Know, Kevin, Patreon. You know, Mr. You know. Patreon, we call him. He'll be he'll yeah. be in for the Patreon. He won't grace us with his presence on the week on the Daily Show anymore. He's he's Mr. <laughs> Patreon, but he loves you. And uh mutual. So and yes. so yeah. yeah, thank you for those kind words. We love you. Um if you guys want to know more about James Lott Jr., James, tell them where they can find you. Everywhere, kids, everywhere at James Lott Jr. That was actually Kevin's advice to me five years ago. Make everything uniform. And so I'm at James Law Jr. literally everywhere from SoundCloud to Spotify to iHeartRadio to YouTube. Well, YouTube's actually JLG Media, but everything else is James Law Jr. TikTok, James Law Jr. Follow me at TikTok. I'm going to follow you today. I can't wait. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. If you haven't joined us at Patreon, please do click the link in the summary. We have really great conversations over there that I think you will enjoy and will be helpful with great takeaway for your life, which is what we do here every day as well. But that's just an extra one for you. Um, Thank you, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, You can follow us at Maria Menounos, at Stephen Lemieux Photo, at Jeff Crane Graham, at Ed Milet everywhere. Of course, at James Law Jr. everywhere. And remember, be nice people. Make good choices and be present.
Well, that's it for today, Heal Squad. Before I let you go, I want to make sure you don't forget to take care of yourself today. I'll be making sure I'm not forgetting to get outside, do my meditations, and of course, keep myself fueled with some sweet, chili, wonderful pistachios. Wonderful pistachios, as you know, are my go-to when hunger strikes because they're one of the highest protein nuts providing all nine essential amino acids, and they're great for on-the-go snacking. So... When you're ready to elevate your snacking game, visit wonderfulpistachios.com to grab a bag 